This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, I think I'll start off with something a little different this Monday, February 6th. I'm going to give Joe Biden credit. I'm going to give uh, the Biden administration credit. Uh, question. Is anyone talking about the stolen classified documents? Have you heard anybody this weekend even mention that they found stolen classified documents all over Joe Biden's various properties? I don't think so. I think they've succeeded. They've gotten it off the news, out of the headlines. You know what else we haven't even mentioned? And hell, nobody's mentioned. Joe Biden took out a quarter of a million dollar loan against this house. And no one's quite sure why. Why does Joe Biden need a loan? He's got millions and millions and millions. He and his family have made ill-gotten gains from China and Ukraine and Russia. I think Joe Biden's flush with cash. Why does he need a loan? Well, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll, I'll give you the details as far as we know them on this loan. The theory is that he's uh, loading up uh, to pay legal bills, to pay lawyers, because he's going to need them because of the various scandals. But the, the, I, I guess it, uh, that's it for, that's it for giving Joe credit today. We have to, we have to ask this. Does anyone believe this nonsense about the uh, China balloons, the spy balloons uh, traversing the United States under Donald Trump? They, they, they get an anonymous Pentagon official saying that the same thing happened under Trump. And it's just comical. I know if you're Joe Biden, if you're in the administration, if you're Karine Jean-Pierre, you think the media has your back at all times. That's how you get away with things. The media will have your back. They're pushing it. Let me just say they are pushing the uh, support they have from the mainstream media when they come out and say, hey, it's no big deal. It happened under Trump. I got, uh, I got a few points to make on this one. Does anyone, anyone, Dr. Jill, Hunter, I don't know, uh, anybody really believe that Donald Trump wouldn't shoot down the balloon 10 seconds after it entered our airspace? I mean, he would do it even if he shouldn't do it, even if his generals told him not to do it. Nobody believes it. You could hate Trump all you want. I know everybody in the Biden administration hates Trump, blames Trump, but uh, nobody seriously, honestly believes Trump wouldn't shoot down. <laughs> wouldn't shoot down. We're, we're watching some videos of the balloon now. Um, a couple things. If some commercial jetliner didn't spot the balloon and some people on the ground in, in Montana or Idaho didn't spot the balloon, does anyone really think we would know anything about this balloon? <laughs> this would have been covered up. This would have been uh, ignored. We would know nothing about it. But uh, we got some sightings. We got some video. We got some pictures. And we talked about it Friday. There's just so many lies and so much really lame spin. Does anyone, I'm just going to keep asking these questions. Does anyone believe if you blew up a balloon over Alaska, Idaho, or Montana, that there was really any danger on the ground? Hell, every public official in Montana said, shoot it down. We don't want them uh, uh, spying on our uh, military installations. Shoot it down. There's, there's, it's, and it, there's very few places in the world less densely populated than Alaska or Idaho or Montana. 
it was intent infinitesimal, the chances that it would hurt, hit anybody on the ground. So that was nonsense. Then we got the, we'll we'll go through the timeline. It was a week ago, a week before they shot it down that it first entered our airspace over the Aleutian Islands. Another spot where you could shoot it down and risk nothing, risk hurting uh, nobody or or nothing. Uh, But they let it float. They let it complete its mission. Another uh, Babylon B prophecy comes true. Babylon B put out a, a tweet, uh, as you know, Babylon B is a satire site, a hilarious satire site. And they said, Joe Biden will shoot down the spy balloon as soon as it's done spying. That is exactly what happened. It <laughs> traversed the country. It did its job. It, it, it hovered over various uh um, uh, military installations, our missile silos, our base that uh, houses the B-2 bomber, uh, did all that. And then it got to South Carolina and then it got to the Atlantic Ocean and Joe Biden ordered the hit. Um, they had all the intelligence information, all the surveillance they needed and Joe Biden ordered the hit. Oh, 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 wait, nope, 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 nope. Joe Biden ordered the hit on Wednesday, and Mark Milley told him, let's just wait. And <laughs> someone has to explain this to me. I thought the president, who is duly elected, usually, got 81 million votes last I heard. I thought it was his call. I thought it was his job to decide when we shoot it down. Mark Milley, that bloated, woke fraud, uh, he decides he decides not the president how how the hell does and then joe biden admits that he got overruled by an unelected uh military guy it just uh even if that's what happened joe you don't say yeah i wanted him to do it but the general told me no 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 joe we're not doing it that's uh that's not how it's supposed to work is this do we have joe biden explaining to the world that uh, he was overruled by uh, someone who was supposed to be uh, following his orders. That guy told Joe, no, we're not doing it on your timeline. We're not doing it when you want to do it. We'll tell you, Joe, when we're going to do it. Let's uh, let's listen to the buffoon in chief explain. Briefed on the balloon, order the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down and I want to compliment our aviators who did it and we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. Thank you. This because there was this say about China. What's your message to China? You were saying the recommendation from your was from your national security. I told them to shoot it down. Oh, Wednesday. On Wednesday. But the recommendation They from said them. to me, let's wait till the safest place to do it. What does this mean for China, relation to China? The safest place to do it. Uh, by the way, this is a test. We'll get to Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio made a few appearances and he said this was a test by the Chinese Communist Party to see how far they could push the Biden administration. And I would say... Joe Biden, his administration failed miserably this test. Now it is a test to see just how corrupt our mainstream media is. Uh, First of all, if you believe that Trump, that they did and they came out with the spin, they said, hey, uh, it happened under Trump too. 
It's pretty routine. Trump didn't shoot the balloons down. Um, nobody, nobody really believes that. I mean, some people will play along in service to the administration because that's what they do, but nobody really believes they did this under Trump. Everybody knows it's a lie. It's spin. It's a face saving measure from the Biden administration. Nobody thinks it happened a bunch of times and, and somehow some way Donald Trump uh, refused to shoot it down. By the way, they added to the spin, like, <clears throat> Maybe Trump didn't know they were flying those balloons and maybe they didn't tell Donald Trump. We just, we knew they were up there. They knew, we knew they were spying on us, but maybe Donald Trump was unaware. Of course, that's the only thing you could say because nobody believes Trump would fail to pull the trigger. Hell, like I said, I mean, he lives for those moments when Trump tweeted or posted on true social that he would shoot it down. Everyone knows he would shoot it down. He would, he wouldn't hesitate. Hell, most presidents, I would think, wouldn't hesitate to shoot it down. But Joe Biden had uh, something to uh, complicate the issue. He was sending his his pathetic, hapless uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to Beijing to meet with the Chinese. You know, to talk about climate change and other pressing issues. And uh, they didn't want to jeopardize that meeting. So they were hoping to keep this under wraps. It, it went public. As I said, a commercial jetliner saw it. People on the ground saw it. It became the biggest story in the world. Everyone was tracking. It was like it was like Christmas Eve where they NORAD tracks Santa's sleigh. And we were tracking the balloon all the way across the U.S. until it got out over the ocean. Then they shoot it down. And then some of their the, the stooges in the media claimed that that was the best way because it's easier to <laughs> easier to uh, salvage the wreckage over the ocean than it would be over the land. That was an original one. But my favorite attempt to spin this comes from uh, Joe Scarborough. Yeah, uh, Biden can always count on the morning schmo. But this was this was uh, um, uh, this was uh, Joe Joe Scarborough. Uh, attempting to spin this for his friend Joe Biden over the weekend. Joe Scarborough actually writes, types this out and hits send. Ready for this? The China balloon voyage was more of an intelligence benefit to the U.S. than to China. By waiting until the balloon was over water, Biden maximized the likelihood the payload could be recovered while minimizing risk to Americans. Okay, someone has to explain this to me. It was more of a benefit, an intelligence benefit to the U.S. than it is to China. More of a benefit to the U.S. that they sent a spy balloon all the way across the continental USL. They started in Alaska and then went through Idaho, and we know the whole route. Went over many, many sensitive military installations. And Joe Scarborough, I assume he's probably on TV right now with his honey. And he's talking about how this was a great boon for the Biden man. You really have to check yourself. If you're going to that length to uh, serve, to spin for the administration, that it was, it was better for the U S than it was for China. And it was better that it was over water. It's a 47 mile scene of, of retrieving this, uh, this stuff, this junk that came down with the balloon. There's a, uh, 
there's a CNN reporter on a shrimp boat uh, out there on Bubba Gump shrimp boat right now. I don't know who it is, some woman. And she's trying to do a live report. And she is literally, I don't know, 20 miles from the scene. The Coast Guard won't let anyone near the crash scene or whatever it is, the debris scene. And she's got the, she's got the camera, the mic and everything. So yeah, we're out here in the ocean and she's got no access. She could see nothing, but they're, I guess they're trying and uh, they got to do something at, at CNN. So they're doing their best. Oh, by the way, update Don Lemon and Caitlin Collins are back together. There's tension in the air on uh, the CNN morning show, but they're back together. It's nice to see those two kids are uh, getting along for now. They're uh, posting the worst ratings in uh, the last decade, but they're, they're not fighting on the air anymore. But it just seems to me that uh, you got to pick your spots. If you're going to be a stooge for the administration, like Joe Scarborough is, you can't, you can't go to the, you can't go this far. You can't sit there and say this was better for the Chinese. I mean, better for the U S than it was for the Chinese because why? Because we get to retrieve the junk at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> what they have, whatever surveillance it is, video, I don't know, all the way, uh, all the way across the U S they're uh, doing whatever they're surveilling, whatever they want and sending that stuff back to China. It's not like they lost all their surveillance capabilities when the missile hit, but uh, it was a pretty cool video. I have to admit to watch on Saturday as an F-22 launched a uh, sidewinder missile, one shot an air force F-22 and took out the balloon. And uh, once the Chinese were done, um, Surveilling, done with all the surveillance, but uh, then they came out with the anonymous spin that uh, happened under Trump. Everybody, even people who hate Trump, Mark Esper, Mike Pompeo, uh, they all came out and said it never happened. Mike Pence's chief of staff, one after another, said it never happened. But uh, if you're Joe Biden, if you're Jill Biden, if you're Kareem Jean-Pierre, if you're Anthony Blinken, you just you're you're counting on the mainstream media to carry your water, to run with this ridiculous, uh, far-fetched uh, claim that this was routine and it happened a number of times under the previous administration. Nobody is buying that. I think people are more likely to buy what Mark, Marco Rubio is claiming, that this was a test to see, a test of Joe Biden, a test of the Biden administration by the Shy comms, the Chinese Communist Party, and by all, by any measure, they failed miserably. The media didn't like this. Marco was having, he got a little, uh, a little tiff with um, uh, Jonathan Carl, I believe, and Jake Tapper. They didn't like this, that Marco was claiming their guy, Joe Biden, failed miserably. But uh, I don't think, I don't think anyone's believing anything else. This was a test to see if Joe Biden, who is compromised, who has had many dealings with the Chinese and uh, has folded at every turn, and by the way, has a history of apologizing for the Chinese. There's a few montages out there. You can find them of, of Joe Biden saying that uh, the Chinese, the China, China is no threat to the U.S., that a growing China or prospering China is good for the U.S. He has, uh, has uh, defended, protected made excuses for the Chinese at every turn. 
So they knew, they knew he wasn't going to take any action until they were done doing their spying. But uh, let's listen to Marco yesterday with Jonathan Coe. This is deliberate. They did this on purpose. They understood that it was going to be spotted. They knew the U.S. government would have to reveal it. The people were going to see it over the sky. And the message they were trying to send is uh, what they believe internally. And that is that the United States is a once great superpower that's hollowed out, that's in decline. And the message they're trying to send the world is, look, these guys can't even do anything about a balloon flying over U.S. airspace. How can you possibly count on them if, if something were to happen in the Indo-Pacific region? You're going to count. How can you count on them if they're not going to do anything about a balloon over U.S. airspace? How are they going to come to the aid of Taiwan or, or stand with the Philippines or Japan or India if, when the Chinese move on their territory? So I, I think that that's really the, the key part here is they, they knew exactly what they were doing. And um, and there was a message behind it. So there was a message behind it. Let's uh, let's see what we can get away with. And I'm not sure, I guess, if they just let it float back to China, that would have been weaker. But waiting a week, they knew about this on January 28th. They waited a week to do anything, to say anything. It was just embarrassing. It was humiliating. And on top of that, Joe Biden says, yeah, I told him to shoot it down. But Mark Milley said, nah. We're going to wait. We're going to wait for the weekend. You know, we don't want to do it uh, middle of the week. And, and and nobody really believes they were afraid it was going to harm people on the ground in Montana, which has 147,000 square miles and a million people. There's no people in Montana. There's no people in Idaho. And there certainly aren't any people in uh, the Aleutian Islands who would be under threat. But uh, it was as humiliating a weekend as I can remember for the Biden administration. I can't think of how they could have handled this any worse, any, any more humil, any more, any more embarrassment. There's just nothing they could have done to, to, to come out of this looking any worse, just, just humiliating. But uh, that's what you expect from the Biden administration. And I guess, I guess the only good news you could say is, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he changed the topic. He did that. We all were uh, fascinated with the balloon over the weekend and nobody was talking about classified documents or the $250,000 loan he took out. Uh, but do we have <laughs> Joe Biden uh, talking about making, what is it? Make, a, make Asia strong, make Asia great again. <laughs> Oh, that one. And this was, I was, uh, the clip I was just about to play was him talking about how he inherited inflation from Trump. Oh God. (laughs) Again, again, these people know the media is in the tank. They know the media has their back, but boy, do they push it sometimes. Sometimes it just seems so, so easy and quick to fact check that they don't think of, you know, what, what if they don't, what if people actually check so this was, he, he was bragging about the economy on Friday, which I always find these hilarious. And then he sends that, that moron, Corinne Jean-Pierre out there to uh, brag about the economy. And some people in, you know, there's a few people who are objective out there, quickly fact check and say, what are you talking about? Inflation's through the roof. <laughs> there's, you know, real wages are down, prices are up, people are hurting. And he'll go out there and brag about, oh, I'm building the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. And then and, and you're like, just gibberish. First of all, he's not smart enough to understand the economy. He can't articulate, even if he's not you know lying or spinning, he can't pull it off. And this is him bragging about the economy and saying inflation, which is still a big problem. He was, uh, was, a, was an issue when he took over two years ago. 
Let's mm-hmm. let's watch. Yeah, inflation was 1.4% when he took over, and it's currently at 6.5% down from 9.1%. Right, right, right. Even, even Ironhead can check that. Even he understands those numbers. But listen, again, it is something to behold. Watch how comfortably and confidently he lies. There's, there's never been anything like it. George Santos is an piker, an amateur. George Santos <laughs> yeah. lies about volleyball, playing college volleyball and working at Citicorp. Uh, this guy lies about just the, the most obvious, easily checked thing you could imagine, the level of inflation. But let's play it. Do you take any blame for inflation, Mr. President? Are taking blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? <laughs> Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising. We weren't manufacturing a damn thing here. We were in real economic difficulty. That's why I don't. Thank you. Insanity. It's, it's just, I, I, I often wonder this. Does he believe that and he just doesn't understand? Or is he... I mean, does he think that? Does he think the economy's great? Are people telling that? And I mean, obviously, it's great for his family. They've made, I'm sure, they're still making millions around the globe. But does he believe that? I mean, does he think inflation was high when he took over? I mean, obviously, quick check two years ago, it was 1.4. Then it was up to nine under him. He thinks the economy was a wreck when he took over and he's fixed it? He can't really believe that. I mean, I, he's not a bright man, but he can't believe that. He must just be just just lying like he does so often. But uh, yeah, when you have people like Mayor Pete in your cabinet, you're going to be lied to constantly. Uh, <laughs> Mayor Pete, uh, let's listen to Mayor Pete uh, do his best uh, to to spin this. He, it's it's you know, Mayor Pete's not stupid, so he knows mm-hmm. it's a lie, but he just. He's, he just uh, runs with it anyway because, you know, he knows whoever he's sitting with. In this case, he's sitting with Chuck Todd. He knows that they'll work with him. They'll help him, you know, get the message out. Go ahead. He's got a lot of things to tell. Why do you think that it has not penetrated the American public? Well, these things don't sell themselves, and it's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to that that State of the Union address. Uh, I will say that there have been so many accomplishments under this administration. It can be difficult to list them in a distilled way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, tomorrow night we got the State of the Union, and he's gonna just—it's gonna be an hour of just bold-faced lies about everything, about the economy, about the state of the country. Uh, it's difficult to list them. There are so many accomplishments, and Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd, more than anybody, is frustrated with the fact that people just won't. We keep telling everyone how great Joe Biden is, and they just won't listen. <laughs> what what is wrong with people? I mean, it's. That, 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 I enjoy that. I really do enjoy that. Listening to people like all oh, Jonathan Carl and Jake Tapper and Chuck Todd, and they're just Joe Scarborough. They they just sit there and they say, "Why don't they love our guy? Why can't you know?" John Chuck Todd's probably making ten million bucks a year. Doesn't have a ounce of talent in his body, and he thinks, "What's everyone so upset about? I I can still afford eggs, you know. <laughs> I got an electric car for." $110,000. Why, why doesn't everyone just do that to just these people are just shameless, but it was, it was a tough weekend. I did want to get this story because I really don't understand it. Uh, uh, Joe, again, uh, it was lost in the, in the balloon in balloon gate, but this is from uh, the New York post on Friday. 
President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden took out a $250,000 line of credit against their home in Delaware Beach Town, Rehoboth, as federal investigators probe both the president and his son, Hunter, in a, a new report reveals the Biden secured the loan, which allows them to borrow the quarter of a million dollars against the home's equity on December 5th. Uh, according to county records reviewed by Fox News, it's unclear from any paperwork why the couple took out the line of credit reportedly purchased uh, on the home reportedly purchased in 2017 for three million bucks. The White House did not respond to a request for comment. So the sitting president is taking out a loan to pay the lawyers uh, again someday. I'm probably be, you know, decades from now when somebody's going to do a deep dive and find out where all his money, first of all, where it came from, we kind of have our, uh, have our suspicions. And secondly, where did it all go? He's taking out a loan to pay for lawyers. I mean, I know Hunter blew a lot of it up his nose, but uh, I mean, Hunter was making, you know, millions in, in China and Ukraine and Russia. Uh, it's all, it's all on the laptop. It's all in the book. And yet, his father has to take out a loan. I don't, I don't get it. And no one will ask and no one will deep dive into it, but all right, we got lots more to get to on this Monday. Ironhead's got a Grammys recap. I'm looking forward to that. I missed, I didn't see much of the Grammys. Although I, let me just say, uh, Sam Smith is he's, he's everything. Sam Smith is amazing. We'll, uh, we'll tell you about Sam Smith's performance and, uh, other big news at the, uh, at the Grammys, um, we got the most bizarre ad for Pfizer from a bunch of celebrities. We've told you about all the celebrities who've been bought off by, uh, by Pfizer. I'm glad, glad to see Tom Brady wasn't in that one. Tom Brady was bought off by SBF, his pal, Sam Bankman Freed, but uh, he didn't join the chorus endorsing the vaccine. People who, people who don't really, I don't think, need the money, and yet they're taking money from Pfizer to shill for a vaccine. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty pathetic. And, uh, Megan Kelly rips. She's good, man. When she gets pissed, rips Don Lemon, a new one. And again, Don's back on the air with his pal, Caitlin Collins. Maybe they're going to run with that. Maybe they're going to take my advice and they're going to fight and argue and just let the, uh, tension, let, let, let the tempers boil over. That will be good TV and they need something to salvage that pathetic morning show. But first, a recession-proof investment without compromise. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit EAA Corp 
dot com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. I we talked about this. Uh, we've talked about it a few times of, of the various people taking money for Pfizer to endorse the jab or uh, or what they don't talk about. Uh, just talk about COVID. However, spin spin the Pfizer message and things are obviously. Things have changed. Uh, people are skeptical. Fewer people are getting their second and third and fourth boosters. We've heard more about myocarditis and, and uh, heart issues in young people. We heard from the Pfizer director of development, research and development. Uh, what was his name again? Walker, Justin Walker, Jordan Walker, uh, who was caught in a sting by Project Veritas. And that was Big news. Obviously, the mainstream media ignored it, covered it up because they are in service to Pfizer. They're all, every show on the air is sponsored by Pfizer. The Super Bowl, I'm sure this week, big sponsored by Pfizer. But they, in some ways, in some cases, they go directly to their uh, celebrities looking for an endorsement. Um, by the way, there was a uh, there's a Tucker Carlson documentary about SBF Sam bankrupt fraud. And, and Giselle and Tom, they went, they really went hard protecting that scumbag. And uh, at some point when Tom's, uh, you know, available to the media, someone's going to have to ask, you know, do you regret? Did you do any research? Did you really consider him a friend? Did you really believe in what uh, Sam Bankman fraud was selling? Because he looks bad. Uh, and so do these guys. Uh, what do we got? We got Pink. We got Michael Phelps. We got a couple other celebrities. And they're, and if you're just uh, listening, not watching, they have a like a rubber, that COVID thing, you know, with the thing sticking out of it, that, that, that the cell. whatever it is, the, the cell. virus. Yeah. And, and they're tossing it to each other, like the COVID virus, telling you why you need to get your 17th booster. And I guess they're, they need these people more than ever because people are so hesitant now and skeptical now. And the, the numbers of people getting their, you know, being getting updated on their COVID jabs is so low that they've, uh, they've uh, hired a bunch of celebrities to try and persuade people to run out and get the shot. But let's watch, listen to this ad and, uh, Ironhead and I had the same reaction to this. There's just one real glaring <laughs> flaw here. One question that we just, we need answered, but uh, go ahead. It's, that's pink, right? We're starting with pink? Starting with pink. Starting with pink, and then we go to Michael Phelps and listen and uh, see if you have the same reaction. Go ahead, play it. If this were the real COVID-19, I would be in real trouble because I have asthma. And I have depression. I have diabetes. And I struggle with my weight. For us, COVID is a whole different ballgame. In fact, you could be one of almost 200 million Americans with a high risk factor. That makes COVID even riskier. Which is why you need to be ready and have a plan. Other risk factors, including heart disease or being inactive. Even being over 50 or being a smoker can put you at serious risk. Could that be you? Find out. Who's the guy? Who's the guy uh, at the end with the with the weight problems that I struggle with my weight? Who is that? Uh, I believe that's Questlove. He's the Jimmy Fallon band, uh, The Roots. Oh, 
So he's not fat. You can see that. But sometimes he struggles with weight. Why couldn't they get a real fat celebrity? I mean, they pay him. I assume they're paying millions. You couldn't get, I don't know, Lizzo or Chris Christie. I'm Lizzo and I'm at risk. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get that big chick from uh, This Is Us. Uh, you, you have to get a guy who's says he struggles with his weight, but right now happens to look pretty good. <laughs> anyway, this is so strange. Obviously, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know that asthma is a, is a, is a complicating factor. I've talked about it. Hell, it feels like years ago, but um, I know one thing I've read up enough. I think I understand enough that depression is not a complicating factor, a mitigating factor with COVID. You're telling me people with depression are more vulnerable to, to COVID than people without depression? What is Michael Phelps, who could be the least vulnerable person on earth, who's one of the most fit people on earth, he's still young, he's thin, he's fit, he's healthy, and he wants you to think he's in a high-risk category because he's depressed? What 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 are we doing here? You tell me. Who watched that and said, oh, I'm depressed too. I better get the shot. But I, I wasn't going to. I was a little reluctant because I'm young, I'm healthy, I've had COVID, I recovered, I, I don't want to mess with my heart. But I'm going to go get the shot because Michael Phelps told me if you're depressed, you're vulnerable. First of all, these people should all be ashamed of themselves. You know, they, they don't really believe this. They're just doing this for the money. Secondly, it's one thing if you say I have asthma or heart disease or I'm overweight, but you say you need to get the shot because you're depressed. That's just, that's just misleading. That's just dishonest. Isn't it? Isn't that, isn't he just, I don't know if he's lying, but he's certainly misleading the audience. I hope Michael, I hope they're paying you a lot because you are, you are full of it. You are, and nobody, and everyone knows it. Everyone who saw that, everyone who, that's probably going to be a Super Bowl commercial. It'll be seen by a hundred million people. And everybody knows being depressed doesn't make you more likely to get COVID or die from COVID. They are really, the message is really getting lost. And I understand the, these, you know, these people, they're billionaires, the people at Pfizer. They got billions and billions to spend, to throw around, to buy their support, buy support, to buy spin, to buy people like this, celebrity endorsements. But there's a limit. You can't send a celebrity out there and say, you better get COVID. You better get a COVID shot because it's <laughs> because I'm depressed. Oh, I wish somebody would uh, follow it up. Say, explain that. How's that work, Michael? How's that work? I mean, uh, it just seems so silly. but. Uh, Let's get to the, let's get, I want, I want the full recap here from you, Ironhead. I, I assume you watched the entire Grammys, right? Every yep, second. Sure. Yep. Every second of it. I know, I know where I'm going on this, but uh, what'd you think? I, I do, I did find it surprising that uh, album of the year went to a white guy. Of course, he's a freak that Harry Styles and he was wearing, I don't know what he was wearing and he was, Occasionally he dresses, he wears a dress and, you know, he's got tattoos and everything. But I saw, I saw somebody this morning, I think it was on CNN, very upset that uh, Harry Styles beat out Beyonce, who set a world record, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you weren't paying attention, Beyonce set the record. Most Grammys won. Yeah, 32. And she missed the first award she got. 
because she was stuck in traffic. <laughs> Beyonce was stuck in traffic. I didn't even know they did it live, but she was stuck in traffic and missed the one of the awards she got. And then she got another award. She's got more awards than anyone's ever gotten. I couldn't name two songs, but uh, congratulations to Beyonce and to Harry Styles. But uh, the highlight, I think we can all agree, Ironhead, was Sam Smith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sam Smith, <clears throat> who's a freak, by the way. I don't even know what he is today. Non-binary, gay, straight. He was on Saturday, Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago, and it was just awful. He was like, he's just lost his mind, in, and he's trying to get attention. It's maybe maybe people just aren't really enjoying his music or his songs, so he's trying to find other ways to get attention. Well, he got it last night uh, for the Grammy audience. He did a, would you call this a tribute to the devil, to Satan? Or is he, he's playing Satan. He literally has devil horns. And the whole thing is very demonic and satanic. And how long is this clip? Because I want you to, I want you to, serious question. Watch this, listen to this. And tell me if you don't think this song sucks. No one's talking about how bad the song is. Everyone's talking about the, the, the show, the devil thing, the red, the flames, the devil horns. And it's literally seems to me to be a tribute to Satan. But if you stop and listen, I think we can all agree the song is friggin' terrible. <laughs> at least I, at least I think. But uh, I'll, I'll let you be the judge. Go ahead and play it. in a cage he's got a bunch of other women i think they're women like worshiping him on their knees and he's got a like a staff and a, and a horns and he's everything's red and fiery and it's just it's the whole thing is just vile but the song is awful <laughs> i don't is that a hit you know that song iron Ed? i've never heard that song before but if he was singing beautiful people the world would look at it differently i think <laughs> Uh, he's, he is freaky, man. And he's, he did a thing the other day where he has, I don't know, pasties on his nipples and he's about 400 pounds now. He should be doing the, the Pfizer ad. <laughs> he looks, uh, really at risk. I mean, he's big and bloated and disgusting looking. And I don't know what he is, a they, a he, a she, it depends what day of the week it is. But, uh, that's the takeaway. I mean, obviously, uh, everyone's going to say, uh, you know, Beyonce set the world, set the record. But the takeaway, if you're on social media, is going to be this uh, satanic performance from this freakazoid uh, uh, Sam Smith. But uh, let's get to, uh, since I've already talked about Don Lemon, back on the air with his co-host who hates his guts, Caitlin, Caitlin Collins. But we told you last week about a, uh, the, 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 uh, the backstory is Caitlin Collins... That's her name, right? Caitlin Collins, the side. It's Poppy Harlow, Caitlin Collins, and in the middle, Don Lemon. And it's got to be tough to be one of those women because he's such a dummy. He's like the star, the lead, but they're smarter than he is. Probably work harder than he is. Probably more talented than he is. But he thinks he's the star, and he doesn't think they should interrupt him. And I said this last week. 
this drives me crazy because interrupting is part of speaking. It's part of conversing, debating. It's what you do in a conversation. Anybody having a conversation right now at work or at, uh, you know, at Dunkin' Donuts, they're interrupting each other. It's just natural. It, it also helps keep, it, it, it creates a little energy. It makes the, the, the conversation more compelling. If you just sit there and take turns, you talk, I talk, it's boring. So she's not only smarter than she he is, but she knows what makes for better TV. He didn't like that. And apparently after, and, and I think Megyn Kelly has the clip. Do we have the clip of where she interrupted him? It was really mild. And then after this on the, I mean, off the air in the hallways, apparently uh, Don Lemon berated his co-host, yelled at her, made her cry. And uh, then they had weeks or at least a, a week or so where they would not appear together. Uh, she was off one day. He was off the next. They were back together today. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna say that there, there will be no healing this wound. These these women hate him. Uh, he is hateable. He's very arrogant and self-centered, as you'll see. Uh, but it's not unless they hash it all out on the air and just say, "Let's go at it." Then it'll never work. But uh, let's listen to Megan Kelly explain that she had lots of co-hosts who interrupted her, and uh, no one ever berated her off the air and she she just goes off on this dummy don lemon go ahead like now and one he thing was to brief, watch. stand by one second he was brief Did you want to wait? um no i think we should bring in jonathan franks oh uh, okay so there was some interrupting it happens when you co-host a show it happens i co-hosted a host a show with bill helmer for three years i was on the air with brett bear more times than i can count and sometimes somebody gets on your nerves what you, what you don't do is scream at them after the fact. Later you say, oh, we stepped on each other. Oh, we, we, it's all about servicing the audience if you're a professional. If you're a douchebag, you scream at the woman next to you and blame it on her. Uh, so here's the thing though. Uh, again, I've co-hosted more hours than I can count with a lot of guys with big egos, appropriately big egos. And never, never has have I screamed at a colleague after like a co-host or had him scream at me. We've had charged disagreements had a charge disagreement with Chris Wallace one time. We were never screaming at each other and you, you pick it up right after. If somebody ever screamed at me to the point where I was visibly upset and ran out of the studio, I would have that person fired. I would make sure that person was fired. And I'll tell you something, if that is true, the New York Post's report, Jesse, then I will say that's not the first time he's done it. I will go out on a limb right now and tell you that's not the first time. There will be another woman, if the New York Post digs, who he's co-anchored with, I guarantee you, Who's going to come out and say, me too. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she says, he's a douchebag, uh, which he clearly is. But uh, I mean, I've had co-hosts yell at me a million times. I've yelled back. Uh, I said this last week, what's wrong with that? I mean, you'd rather have a staid kind of scripted morning show where you take turn, I take turn, like, you know, Joe and Mika, and we all say the same thing. We all agree and we all, you know, just get along. What fun is that? I mean, that's what they should do right here. They should say, you guys, we're paying you a lot of money. It's a big job. It's, uh, we're, uh, we're in trouble here at CNN. Our ratings are in the toilet. We need something. Let's fight. Let's fight. Let's go at it. But it'll never happen. And she's right. Megan Kelly's right. There'll be other women other co-workers, co-hosts will come forward and say Don Lemon is a jerk and they don't want to work with him. And uh, someday they're going to have to take the chance. I realize it's going to be tough. They're going to have to say, we're done, Don. 
you have failed at various day parts. Nobody really likes you. <laughs> nobody, nobody watches you and they're going to have to risk it because uh, they know there'll be blowback. He's a gay black guy. But I think, you know, Don will find he'll, he'll, Don will be unemployed for about 10 seconds because everyone, you know, all the networks would are looking for as many gay black guys as they could find. And uh, Don's a pretty famous one. And, uh, you know, he's, he looks good. He's a good looking guy. He's can read the teleprompter. I don't think he's very bright, but uh, I think, uh, I think Don will be okay. But CNN knows it ain't working. It ain't working. They're going to, by the way, we did this the other day, and it's the smartest thing CNN has done since I don't know when. But putting Bill Maher on, on I think it's midnight on Friday nights, they're going to simulcast the show he does after his show. By the way, he had a great monologue. It's too long to play it here, but he had a great, it's like a 10-minute thing about, uh, again, about cancel culture, which Bill Maher is great on. But uh, they're going to show his show after show on CNN. And it's going to get better ratings than CNN's gotten in years. It's a great idea. And it costs you nothing. Uh, uh, and uh, lots of uh, lots of liberals aren't happy about it because they think Bill Maher's a traitor. He's not. He's just like uh, a guy, a liberal who's still liberal, a liberal who doesn't... Uh, uh, hasn't turned into one of these authoritarians and one of these cancel culture people looking to shut down speech they don't agree with. Bill Maher is an outspoken supporter of free speech. Kind of weird this day and age, but hey, he's uh, he's a rebel. He's a rebel. All right, uh, I wanted to get get to. Uh, do we have this uh, this cut from Jake Paul with uh, Bamani Jones? Yes. Speaking of terrible shows that get no ratings. Uh, Bamani, he's on HBO, right? Because he appears, by the way, with Don Lemon like once a week to promote his HBO show, Game Theory, which nobody watches. We've told you before. He loses, what was it, like 85% of the audience that's handed to him by Belmar. People just, it, they don't, you'd think you'd do better than that, but people just like falling asleep on the couch, leaving the White TV people. On. But Belmonte is so bad that he motivates people to get up off the couch, grab the clicker and change the channel. So he, he loses, he used to lose 80% of uh, John Oliver's audience. He followed John Oliver. Now he loses, I think it's even more like 85 to 90% of Bill Maher's audience. Nobody watches Bamani Jones. Nobody listened to him when he was on the radio. Nobody reads him. Nobody watched the uh, various shows he's had on ESPN. He's just failed at every turn. But he's a loud, kind of obnoxious, liberal black guy who uh, just keeps falling up, man. Just keeps getting jobs, and they they put him on on uh, HBO now, and uh, nobody's watching. But I happen to enjoy this little segment that went on social media. Let me do Shay, and then we'll do, uh, and then we'll do Bamani with Jake Paul, <laughs> which is pretty damn funny. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. they got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. 
is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, nobody saw this live, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give Bamati a little uh, promo, a little uh, publicity here. He needs it. And uh, he has Jake Paul on. They're talking about whatever, whatever fight he has coming up. Uh, I have to admit, I would probably uh, struggle interviewing Jake Paul for, for on live TV t- as well. But uh, let's, let's, let's listen to this uh, shot Jake Paul takes at Bamani when he didn't appreciate a question. Bamani asked him about losing. What are you going to do if you lose? And Jake Paul didn't like that and goes right back at Bamani. And it's pretty funny. Go ahead. After Tommy Fury, where do you go from there? Like, what happens if you lose one of these fights? Um, I, I don't plan on losing. You know, I, I don't train to lose. Um, maybe that I, I feel like that's probably like your mindset. You know, a lot of people try to project their mindsets. <laughs> no, on not, me. I, no, I ain't no projected of a mindset. My question is, this is work because we're all surprised that you keep winning these fights, right? But if somebody does beat you, how much interest stays in this when it stops being surprised? They won't. They won't. And and I'm gonna be honest, bro. I don't know who the fuck you are. My PR team set, Dude, set up this interview. All I know about you is that people don't like you. <laughs> I gotta admit, I'm I'm curious. I might have to uh, check out Game Theory. But what a response! I don't know who the f you are. My PR team set this up. <laughs> good on that. Good on HBO for actually good. using that as the promo. That's yeah. That's a promo clip. They got to do something. They they got. I mean, they are just losing. They are hemorrhaging viewers at midnight when uh, Bamani comes on. But uh, that was that hooked me in, man. I'm uh, I'm curious. And Bamani didn't do it. I mean, that was not an inappropriate question. It wasn't a bad question. Uh, and uh, but Jake Paul's response was pretty good. Does he do that? Is that a normal thing for Jake Paul? That kind of confrontation if he feels disrespected he'll kind of go off the handle sometimes right that's that's true that's always a big thing with the uh with the fighters you can't disrespect them but uh i gotta i gotta quit i just uh i just saw this post on uh i think it's a uh, instagram post could be a tweet i don't know i can't keep my brady brady uh stuff straight social media stuff but we didn't have any we have yet to have any confirmation of who his bounce back chick is i know the rumors are that that blonde who looks like Giselle, he's been with her, uh, but I don't even know who she is. He has yet to be seen with Paige Spiranak, right? My prediction? Yep. Not out of the question yet, but not, nothing yet. Can you explain this tweet or whatever the hell this is? Yeah, this is a tweet, I believe, from Tom Brady. Um, I used to feel like I, I, you know, had a pretty good sense of what Brady was doing, what he was up to. What the hell is he doing in this <laughs> Uh, let's see. He's got, uh, is, <laughs> uh, Oh, it's only, uh, it, has, it just posted this thing. How long ago? Just posted this a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. It is Brady sitting. It looks like a hotel room on the ocean. He's sitting in his underwear with his hand on his package. <laughs> what is going on in this picture? Ironhead, can you help me? Uh, he's promoting his Brady brand underwear. And he said in a previous post that if it got 40,000 likes, he'd reenact the photos that Edelman and Gronk took. Oh, 
man, this is this is strange behavior. I mean, I, nothing will be as perplexing as making Brady for 80, 80 for Brady, which the reviews are coming in and everybody agrees it's terrible. People are saying it's uh, but, way better than they thought, though. I think it's because you go in so I, negative. I don't believe it. I don't believe I think it's a, I think it's. There are people who want to like it. People who like Brady. Maybe people who like a lot of people in the media love Jane Fonda. They they're similar, you know. They have similar feelings about this country. So uh, I think some people want to like it, but I don't think anyone actually likes it. I think they're. You think it's actually decent? I've heard. Uh, so yeah, I've heard that uh, everyone is pretty good in it except for Tom Brady. How, how long is he in it for? I'm gonna assume like the last thirty minutes, probably. And is he out there on the in the promote? Is he going to be promoting it? Is he going to be making like appearances on Good Morning America? And I'm uh, sure promoting he's promoting this awful I'm sh- movie. Yeah, he's been pretty insufferable on Twitter about it lately. It's just every other tweets about it. See, I don't think how I don't see how we can avoid the Super Bowl. Um, he retired, so he's you know not in the, in the next thing. It's in the contract he was going to do when he retired was join Fox. So we don't know. We assume he's on the A team with Kevin Burkhart. Greg Olson gets demoted. Brady pressure's on. He's going to have to be good. I think he'll be good. But Fox has the Super Bowl. You're telling me a guy you just signed for $370 million is not going to be part of the uh, the whole day, the six-hour pregame, the halftime, the postgame? How would that work? You're, you're, you're paying him you know, beginning, you know, soon beginning next season, I guess 37 million a year. And he's going to decline to appear on the Super Bowl broadcast. I don't believe it. I think, I think Brady has to be part of this uh, Super Bowl. They've said he's not going to be, but I don't believe it. I think he has to be, but, and he'll be, it'll be, you know, it'll, it'll be just nothing. He'll be slapping, you know, high five, whatever. He'd be joking around, kidding around, giggling and, it won't be anything great, but, uh, and he has to promote this movie. So the network he signed with has the Super Bowl. A movie just came out, which is about the Super Bowl, him going to the Super Bowl. He's going to what? Take, go on vacation. He's going to like go, you know, whatever, go to the sitting at home in his underwear. Uh, he's not going to be at the Super Bowl promoting the movie. I don't believe that. I don't believe it for a second. He has to. If he really, has agreed to promote the movie, you have to take advantage of Super Bowl Sunday and the fact that you're Tom Brady and the movie's about going to the Super Bowl to see Tom Brady. So I think he'll be part of the whole show out there in Glendale. And uh, even if it's just fly in for the day and fly out, he has to be part of it. But all right, we will leave it there for today. Any more balloons flying over the country while I've been, uh, while I've been yapping here? Cause, uh, uh, they're coming pretty soon. It'll be like some countries. It'll look like Moldovia, you know, Liechtenstein will be sending spy balloons knowing Joe Biden is such a patsy. He'll do nothing about it. But, uh, Oh, by the way, no big deal. We had a general Mike Minahan and you can, you know, I'm not sure you can trust a guy named Minahan, but Mike Minahan, the general predicts will be at war with China within two years. Two years, he said, we're going to be at war with China. So that's comforting. That's the amount of time left in Joe Biden's term. So he's got two years to get it done, get us in a hot war with China or Russia. Uh, But, oh, by the way, let me end with this. On Tuesday last week, that'd be six days ago, Joe Biden came out and said, global warming 
is the biggest threat to the United States right now. And he said, including nuclear war. So three days after that, we had a Chinese spy balloon floating over all our nuclear missile silos. And it was minus 110 degrees on uh, Mount Washington. Yes, it was. So we had the coldest day in like 50 years. And we had a spy balloon from a nuclear powered adversary flying over our country. And the buffoon in the White House said, global warming is our biggest threat. That to me is downright frightening. If it wasn't, it, it, I could, we could laugh, but it is frightening to think that man is making the call right now. But anyway, we will leave it there for today. How'd it go, Ironhead? We just uh, moved to our subscription service. If people watching along, if you want to watch, if you want to comment, if you want to join us on Locals, go to callahan.locals.com and sign up and join us. Uh, that will be our uh, video portion of the program from here on, but uh, that'll do it. Oh, by the way, there's still time to reach out to your congressperson, reach out to your senator, tell them that you're not going to stand for this censorship. AT&T and DirecTV have kicked Newsmax off. It's a political thing. They didn't kick any liberal stations off. They kicked the OAN off last year. They're kicking uh, Newsmax, and it's outrageous. Tell them you want to, to, to stop this and put, uh, put uh, Newsmax back on DirecTV where it belongs. It's just wrong. It is one of the highest-rated cable news channels and uh, it belongs on there, and uh, it's a strictly a political move by AT&T and, uh, and DirecTV under pressure from some powerful Democrats, but this should not stand. Make your voices heard. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.